Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at DirectionsUniversity.com and the co-founder of Divisio, the all-new affiliate network for people doing good in the world at DUVISIO.com. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you guys today. We have my co-host and partner in crime, Jack Humphrey, joining us. Hello, Jack. Hello. What kind of crime are we going to get into today? All kinds of good stuff. <laughs> I believe it. I can usually tell what we're in for by the length of accolades and awards and introduction material that I have before me, and today is a big one. So I'll just go ahead and get started if that's all right. Works for me. So today we have Ellen Finkelstein, Finkelstein and she is... Well, let me just tell you, she's committed to helping people, uh, online business owners such as coaches, consultants, speakers, and authors achieve financial success while they help to make the world a better place. She's passionate about guiding her clients to the right marketing strategy through the maze of technology options and into a plan of action they can actually implement. One of the techniques Ellen believes is most empowering is speaking, and the way to to reach most people is via webinars. I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, Ellen has been doing webinars since 2007. She's been awarded by Microsoft as a PowerPoint MVP, which is uh, one of only 13 in the United States. She's been the author of 11 published books, 25 editions, and 9 e-books during her 20-year career as an author. Some of her books were bestsellers in the category for years. She's a NAMS instructor and adjunct faculty member at Maharishi University of Management, where she taught Internet marketing at the MBA level. She shares three ways today to get traffic and tips on webinars and list building. Whew. How'd I do, Ellen? And welcome. Thank you very much. Your, your voice is a little bit low. Okay, hold on. Is this better? Oh, much better. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the show. That's a, that's a heck of a list of Accomplishments. Do you have anything left in life that you'd like to do? Oh, lots of things left. Uh, it's funny because I was just been thinking about bucket lists, and I recently did one of my bucket list things, which was to go to a racetrack. Okay. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a, a horse fan, one of those you know girls who loved horses and she was growing up and everything, and I'd never been to a racetrack, so I did that. Lots of things. Nice. Well, uh, I bet we can get more than three things out of you today about traffic, getting traffic with webinars, speaking, and all of that stuff. We're uh, in the final throes of finishing up our book, uh, The Leverage Black Book, and a significant portion of that talks a lot about um, finding authority figures, thought leaders in your market, and building your business from the top down instead of the bottom up by showing up and going to other audiences that are already put together, such as the audience for Traffic Masters, and uh, getting in front of them. We did a lot of work to put this audience together, and a lot of people think they have to do all the work from the bottom up, 
and get every new customer and follower and list member and everything one by one by doing funny cat pictures and everything else on social media. And we disagree. We disagree completely with that. And it seems like you do too. I think you uh, and us are on the same page. I Yeah, I think so. I mean, I really appreciate having this to the people on Traffic Masters, and you're right. It's an easy way for me to get my message out to help all of those people. It's really, a, it's really two sides. It's one, I can reach more people. And when I can grow my and so I can grow my business, and all of that is is there's a shortcut, and that is basically doing some type of joint venture partnering with people. And I'll be talking today about how web webinars are so powerful for that. Well, uh, let's get started. What am I? You can go where you want with that, but one I would love to uh, get an answer to is is how do you find? I mean, what is your webinar strategy? Like, do you offer people? Uh, free training, and that's a webinar that they weren't planning on doing, but they're doing it because you brought it up and you brought your training with you, or is there another way you do it? And you can answer that whenever you want, because uh, I know you're going to be talking all around it anyway. Well, sure. Uh, so definitely I do, I invite people to webinar. I invite them from my list, and then I ask other partners to invite people from their list. And either it might be they might invite people to my webinar, or they might I might do a special just for their people. So it's just you know two of us hosting it, and and that's you know a, a really good partnership uh, way of doing it. And I offer free content, and then I make an offer at the end. And doing a webinar like that with some free, really good free content, and then making an offer at the end has, uh, and doing it with a partner just has so many advantages. For example, one thing that people might not realize is that an important persuasive technique is to give people a gift, and then they feel obligated to return the gift. There is, uh, there are just lots and lots of examples of, of it, and one of them was a, was a story about how the, uh, you're old enough to remember, the Hare Krishnas, when they used to be in airports, they used to mm -hmm. ask for money, and people wouldn't give it to them. And then they came across the technique of handing people a flower. And people would say, I don't want it. And they would say, no, take it, it's a gift. And then people would feel like they had to take it, and because they got it, they would donate, just throw it away in the next garbage can, and they would go into the garbage can, take it out again, and then give it away, give it away. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no obligation to do it. And, and, and another study that showed when somebody wanted to ask someone to buy a raffle ticket, and they were in this room, it was a study, and they would just ask and they would get a certain percentage. But then if they, they excused themselves and went out and came back with two cans of Coke and said, oh, I wanted a Coke, I thought I'd bring you one, and then they asked people, then the percentage people who bought the raffle ticket went way up. So lots of examples like that. So when you give people free content, they feel like they've gotten from some of you and they feel obligated sometimes to buy. One of the things that I've noticed that's really funny is when I'll make a big offer of something fairly high priced to my list and I give some free content or something like that, there are people who buy it, but then there are people who can't buy it and I've, I've discovered that Price, uh, that I'm not even talking about. I get a little bump of those sales because people feel like they should buy something from me. 
Yeah. Well, and there's also just the uh, the vortex effect of people getting swept up in your sphere of influence. I've I've uh, you know done promotions um, with a, a JV link um, or a, an affiliate link for a particular product and watched as little other things trickled in um, in the same day from different products because of the people just getting swept up in your sphere. So you're <laughs> – yeah, it's wild how just being active, having something to say, and, and being out there doing things can really affect your business, not just for the thing that you uh, had hoped for, but just the – reciprocation effect, a reciprocal law <laughs> that people, um, you know, help you out if you help them out. Seems to be working exactly. really well for you. This is, this sounds like a core of your, uh, you know, attention getting and traffic driving and, you know, is, is that true? Webinars are pretty much the uh, the way that you're you're doing this? Well, I would say that, I would say that, there are three. One of the things I wanted to talk about, I, I said that I would talk about, are three ways to get traffic, and webinars is only one of them. So I wanted to kind of step back a little bit and talk about the three, and then talk about why I'm so uh, excited and hot on webinars. Because yes, that's a major part of how I uh, roll my list and how I get traffic and how I make money. So the first one that people are taught all the time in courses and everything is is content and having um, on their website and, and search engine optimization. And so this is creating lots of blog posts usually and then using keywords carefully and precisely and in a focused way to make sure that uh, you're attracting the right people and then over time those people are searching for what you have and they come to your website. So this can mm -hmm. be extremely powerful way to create long-term traffic, and I do use this technique. The problem with it is that it's slow, and it, it takes a long time to build up. So, for example, I was—I have a website called uh, ellenfinkelstein.com, and I actually be promoting another one called marketing.com, but my first website was ellenfinkelstein.com. I started it in 1999, so it's old, and it, I started it as an author platform website. And at that time, I was writing uh, books on AutoCAD, which is drafting, and on PowerPoint, so it still covers those two completely unrelated topics. But because I've been blogging for a long time, you know, 16, 17 years, and um, on topics that are very specific and very much needed, you know, people need to have answers because they're using for work, that website, I just have my statistics up now, and in the last 30 days, got 376,000 page views and 349 unique page views. So a huge amount of traffic because I have I have little pop-ups and I've ways you know to, to for people to sign up. That's and 80 percent of that traffic is organic traffic. I don't do anything for it; it just comes to me because people are searching. And so you know, and then people some people sign up for my newsletter and my list. So that's one way of doing it. It's very effective. It's inexpensive if you do it yourself, but it's very slow. So now, if you, especially Google, sort of unfortunately, favors old sites. So if you're starting up something new, it, and it, especially if your topic is very 
put that on things people need, uh, it'll take a long time to get that type of traffic. But it it does work. So the second way is ads. Now, ads can be quick. Uh, they can, of course, be expensive. Uh, these days, Facebook ads are the way to go. Um, and I would recommend that you not do it yourself because I think you could waste a lot of money that way. I would recommend that you spend the money to hire an expert who, you know, figure out all the ins and outs of it and, and, and can help you that way. So I would say that's what I use uh, least uh, right now. Um, and so then the third thing is, is webinars and partnering, you know, two things together like we were just talking about. Uh, you can do it quickly. It's not very expensive. And it's extremely powerful. So, Jack, I just want to give you like two statistics experiences I've had so people can really get it, how powerful it is. Uh, Absolutely. One, Go for it. <laughs> so about three years ago, I launched my first big product. It was called High Persuasion Palpation Program. And I got two really good affiliates. And in one week, they brought me 800 people onto my mailing list. And in the two-week period when I was selling that product, I got 10000 in sales. So that's an amazing thing. You can't necessarily do it every week or every month, but you, when you have the right partners and the right product, you can get results like that. And the other one is, I, in the last five years, I've been doing a webinar series of seven speakers. It's called Outstanding Presentations Workshop. And in the second year, we got 3000 from 97 countries. Now that was a free webinar. There were actually no, 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 there was no selling in it. But of course, that grew my list. Maybe somewhere between 500 and 1,000 of that were my people already. But the rest was just added from from other people. The different speakers promoted it, and, and it just got I, you know, I had good speakers, and so people told other people. So. That thing of being able to reach 3,000 people from 97 countries is amazing. You can't do that with anything else, you know, in that short period of time. To me, it's like Gutenberg inventing the print, and all of a sudden people could get knowledge. And then the Internet, where people all of a sudden could blog and they could they could reach millions of people with by publishing and then e-book publishing. And, and you know, ours are... In, on that level of major, major things that let you reach so many people. And I love webinars because it's a funny thing. We know with audio now, it's a podcast. But one of the things I love about webinars is the visual aspect of it. So you have to pretend that you can see me. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I, I tell people is not to hide behind the slides, is to use the webcam feature and let people see you so that it's like, almost like they're in the same room. Very powerful. Yeah, it, it's kind of amazing. I don't know if you've noticed, Joel Kahn is on the warpath with video right now. And I think he's actually coming out with something today about it, but he's he's really into that uh, and and really also encouraging people to do just the same thing that you just mentioned, which is, Get on there. Get you know. Don't hide. <laughs> it's it's really amazing. I think someday we might look back on this era um, fondly as you know, kind of strange because people get all this power when they have webinars. There's a lot of power to that. And in GoToWebinar or Google Hangouts or whatever, you have the ability to show yourself. 
<laughs> right? And so many people just turn that off. I mean, we don't, we're not, we're, we're kind of guilty of that ourselves. We, we're just in a big old habit of not being able to do that over so many years and then go to webinar upgraded to being able to share your screen in, in different ways than just slides and whatever's on, on your desktop. And uh, But it is powerful because it's all about connecting after all, right? It's all about making that connection with people, making them feel like you are who you are, letting them know who you are, and letting them, you know, grow attached to you and like you. And if you're holding half of the power at least back because you don't want to be on camera or something like that, you're you're doing yourself a disservice, Right. I agree, and one of the things I want to say, just on a technical uh, oh, side of it, the last I read about it, or you know, I used to use GoToWebinar for many, many years, but they don't record that webcam, so only people live see it, and for that, one of the, that's one of the reasons I've switched to Zoom because it records the webcam, and so I can make something, you know, even people watching me would see can see me as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Wow. So where do we go from here? We talked. To, you've talked about some pretty big stuff. Is there anywhere? Where would you like to dive deeper among the three? Well, let's talk more about webinars. One of the things that is my specialty because I have this specific knowledge about PowerPoint, and one of the things that I help people do is to create persuasive slides. So there are all sorts of aspects to a webinar, especially when you want to sell something. There's, is your offer good? But then there's your script. How do you lead people into that offer? What kind of information do you give people? And promote it. Just, there's so many things. A webinar is, is, is a project. But one of the things that people forget, they know, you know, just think about the commercial, for example. You know how visual they are. Even print ads in a magazine, they're so visual. And yet, for some reason, People have this tendency when they get into PowerPoint type to type on the slide what they're going to say and then they read it. Well, survey after survey says that people hate that. And there's an actual reason that it doesn't work, not only the fact that people hate it and you don't want your audience to hate you. So when you put your text on your slide and read it, people see the text and they start reading it themselves. And they can read a lot faster than you can talk it out. And so they skim through it. And because they're going faster than you, they shut out your voice. They can't really you speaking it slowly and then reading it quickly. And it's hard for them to sort of slow down their reading at the same speed that you're, you're talking. So they read through. They shut you out. They get to the end of the slide. And then they turn their attention back to you that, that you're saying stuff they already read. Well, that's boring. So they just, you know, look at their email or something like that. You've completely disengaged your audience when you do that. And you've completely lost the very well-known value persuasion that you get from using images, as we all see in these commercials and ads and everything, that just years and years and years of research about the how well, how people pay more attention to images than they do to sound, but also the persuasive power of images to uh, to create emotion and to and to convince people. So, this is one area that people really mess up, and I find it funny because the people who are doing it are marketers. They know about marketing, and they kind of just 
turn it off when they get to PowerPoint. Like, like, oh, I don't know anything about marketing anymore. I'll just you'll put it up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and lest anyone forget who we're talking to today, you are one of 13 people in the world that is a PowerPoint MVP. What does that mean? Well, it's in the United States. There are about 40 in the world. So Microsoft has a, an award called MVP, and they have it in most of their products. You know, there are Word MVPs, and there are uh, Excel MVPs, and MVPs for some of the more technical products. And it means that you have a high level of technical knowledge in the product, but it also means that you give of your knowledge freely to the community of users. And so it's a pretty high bar for them to to give that. And I. I'm in my sixth year having, of having this, this now. So the way I give is through my blog posts about PowerPoint. I write articles and I give webinars and all of these things that I do, you know, the knowledge that I give out. And my specialty, you know, there are different PowerPoint MVPs. Some are designers and some are a couple of programmers. But my specialty is to help people visualize concepts and to do it clearly and powerfully and persuasively. And what's so cool about that is I am not a designer. And I'll tell you a story how, how this all happened. I, in 2004, I had this gig writing a quarterly column for a, a magazine called Presentations Magazine. doesn't exist anymore. And I wrote in one of my articles was called uh, Presentations Without Bullets. Huh. You know, bullet points are those dots. And I, I kind of made a, a pun out of it because I used a presentation that I'd done for a client about pieces So there was that pun on the word bullets. And I created a slide that didn't have any bullets in it, but it was an ugly slide. The next month, someone wrote a letter to the editor, because they still did that back then in print magazines, that said, this example, this slide was terrible. Focus, please give us better examples. I just basically, you know, ranted on my slide. And I was mortified. And I realized then and there that if I really, yeah, you know, it was horrible. And and to see it in print, too, you know. <laughs> yeah. Forever. And so I realized then and there I needed to learn how to slide, even though I was, quote, artistically challenged. So I started going to a PowerPoint conference, and there were designers there. Uh, that was how I, I met a lot of the other MVPs also because they used to go to that. And I started studying prize-winning, award-winning presentations like on slideshare.net. And I read books. Nancy Duarte had a book called Slideology, and there were several other books as well that I read. And I just started putting my attention on how to design slides. And... As a result of that, I've come up with a system that anyone can use because I'm not a designer. So I have things like the four layouts that always look good and ways when, when you um, go to my ellenfinkelstein.com website, I have a, a free download that's called 13 Steps to Make Designing Your Slides Easy. So I've come up with a, with a repertoire of techniques, of treatments, uh, of text and images so that you can make your slides look engaging and powerful and Lively, and that was remember I gave that example of that that my first launch of this high persuasion PowerPoint presentation program, which I also offer on Change the World Marketing, because it's so valuable for people who do webinars. To see, the thing is, is when you do a webinar, even if you use the webcam, it's usually a small little box, and people are in their own room 
And you know, when when you you're an audience member in a room with somebody, it's a little embarrassing to get up and go out or to you know check your email because the present presenter can see you and other people next to you can see that you're not paying attention. But when you're in your room, you're in your own house listening to a webinar, nobody sees what you're doing. So when you do a webinar, you have to even go out, go further to make your whole presentation engaging. You need to use more slides. They need to be visual. And when you're using the webcam, you need to use your hands a lot so people can really see that movement. You don't want to overdo animation because it's just annoying, but you want to use it in a subtle way to just show transitions and changes to, to show you the progress that you're trying to explain, let's say, in, in your webinar. But there are special techniques that you need to use in webinars to keep people's attention over and above your the script that you write that's persuasive and that leads people to buy your product. I want to back up really quickly. It went by really, really fast, and I want to make sure everybody gets this URL. The one previous uh, to the last one where you were talking about um, uh, example layouts, like four main layouts or whatever, what was the URL for people to go and grab that? Well, if they go to ellenfinkelstein.com, and it's part of my uh, of that free download there, that two-minute training. Ellen, okay. Just wanted to make sure we repeated the the, the URL because that went by kind of fast, and I wanted everybody to make sure they got that. Yeah. So with E L L. Oh, go ahead. You you repeat it. EllenFinkelstein.com uh, is the URL, and if you get in there, you're going to get. Um, what we were just talking about with the example slides and everything. I, I think this is really important because there's two really, really big things at play, I think. One is to have something to say and have a lot of passion. And I don't think you can help your hands moving when you're passionate about something. So <laughs> you could probably get that base yeah. covered just by you know, taking care of yourself and making sure that you have all the materials that will support you in your endeavor so you don't have to think too hard I think people get to the point where they're on a webinar and they're just happy to be there. Like, wow, it was a miracle that I even got here. So I'm not going to complicate anything or the way somebody feels on a high wire. You know, you just want to hold on to that bar, maintain your balance, and you don't want to do any tricks. But the thing is, if you were a little bit more confident on that wire, you could do a little bit more tricks and fun stuff and, and things to keep people engaged, right? So I think the story is really important. And and then what you're talking about with the what you can do to present, uh, I think that's probably like you said, kind of said you were alluding to it. The last thing that marketers think about, I really do. It feels like that on most webinars that it's the last thing we think about because it looks like it. It looks like okay, well, oh yeah, we need some slides. Let's put those together real quick. And the webinar is like forthcoming. You know, <laughs> you can tell that things got put together kind of in a hurry. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So uh, there are two things I want to pick up from what you said. Uh, one is the story, and the one of them is a little, some little tricks and things. So let me start with the latter. And one of the most important things that you can do in a webinar is to engage them and get them to interact with you right away. And that just engages them. That gets their attention. So the, the, at the very beginning, ask them a question and ask them to, or to, in the chat to answer you, uh, th those kind of things 
very, very important. And there's a, a persuasive reason for that, and it's called micro-commitment. And so if you get people to say yes to something that's not specifically your product, you'll hopefully you'll get that later, but you ask them to say. So you can say something like, ask permission. You can say, I'm going to give you this information today as I promised, and if I do a good job and you're satisfied with the information I gave you, then can I go on and tell a, a related product? And so, and, and you say, I, I need to hear that from you. Tell me in the, in, in the chat, is that okay? And so they say yes. And then they give you permission to go on to the, to the, the office. You do that right at the beginning. And throughout, you can ask little yes, little yes, no kind of, kinds of questions, ask people to comment on things and so on like that. And you just get them engaged in it and involved. So that, that, and it's not hard to do that. Not only is it hard to do it, but it makes it much more fun for you. You know, the first time I did a webinar, which was for a third-party company, I still had an experience. I'm, I'm, I'm there in front of my screen, and it's like there's nobody there. I, you can't see the audience. <laughs> it's such a weird experience yeah. to be talking to a screen when I couldn't hear them, I couldn't see them. And you get over that pretty quickly when you do it. But when you ask them for feedback, then you know they're there. And it makes it so much more fun for you as the presenter, but of course much more fun for them too because they're involved. And the second thing I wanted to talk that you mentioned, uh, which is uh, brilliant, is the story. And there are whole lots of levels about stories. First of all, the whole webinar is a kind of story arc that leads into the, into the offer. But you also want to tell in little stories you know, as, as you go along. And there are lots of techniques for that. Stories should have a beginning and a middle and an end. You can do things like keep their anticipation by starting a story at the beginning and saying, and I'll tell you what happened at the end. And you they, they have to stay there because they want to know what the end of the story is. So, for example, I used that story about that, that letter to the editor, that article I wrote. Uh, I use that story when I talk about slides, to sh- and, and the purpose of that story is to show people that if I can do it, you can do it. You know, I, I, how, how somebody just said my slides were so awful, and they were so awful, and when I'm really brave, I actually show them the slide. <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, tell them I can tell them either right up front or at the end, you know, how that changed, and how in the end I ended up becoming an outpouring MVP out of, out of all of that. So those types yep, of stories typical, are, are typical hero's journey. <laughs> exactly, exactly. A PowerPoint hero's journey. Excuse me? I, I call it a, a PowerPoint hero's journey. Oh, right. <laughs> right, or a <laughs> webinar hero. Yeah, it was my PowerPoint yeah. hero. PowerPoint hero. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I, 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 when you were talking about people giving feedback, that – that that dead screen and that sense after you've been going for a minute or two, the little it become goes from your subconscious to your conscious. Is anybody listening still? That little twinge. If you haven't experienced that yet, uh, listeners, <laughs> when you do, that's a great time to ask a question because you just need reassurance that everything is cool. And sometimes that just happens. It's just like, whoa, wait a minute. I've been going for a while or whatever. How's everybody doing? And, of course, you're not using that exact question, but using questions to get that answer that everybody's still here. And there's a lot more to it than that. Like you mentioned, you know, those micro-commitments are really, really important. If you show up somewhere and you just 
you just go, 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 go. And you don't check in with the audience. Uh, I mean, the best sales that we've ever done, ever, on webinars, were also, coincidentally, the highest engagement webinars we've ever done, meaning there wasn't just like one or two evangelists always answering yes and no. There's some people who will type in stuff the whole time you're talking, agreeing with you, giving you thumbs up, saying all kinds of – those are your evangelists, and they're great. They probably already own your product too. So they're not really the ones you want to be pulling up the engagement for, right? You want to be pulling in new people, and it's sometimes unfortunate in some platforms that everybody can't see the discussion, that sometimes the discussion is only pointed toward the presenter because that discussion also helps to get people comfortable with doing some engagement themselves, right? How, how does that work on Zoom? Is, is, can everybody see questions, or is there that option? Because there isn't um, necessarily in uh, things like GoToWebinar and other things. Are we still here? Ellen, you may have muted, I hope. I'm still here, Jack. You're sounding loud and clear. It okay. looks like Ellen may have dropped off the line. Hopefully she calls back in momentarily. Oh, well, that's good anyway <laughs> because I think she needed to get a better connection. Hers was a little bit iffy there. Yeah, I heard that. So. Sounds like mine might be too because now you're dropping out. Continue with that conversation while we're waiting. I only caught continue that conversation while we're waiting. I, I heard you cut out as That's well. That's all Sorry. I said. I said oh. if you want, <laughs> we can continue that conversation while we're waiting. All right. Well, what do you think? I mean, give give people an idea of what those those really killer webinars were like for us, the really high engaging ones and what we did on them. Oh, my gosh. They were incredible. I, I can't even begin to tell people how incredible Um when we really can get people engaged early in the webinar, we can't shut them up at the end of the webinar. We end up on the webinar for hours and hours. Remember that? Yeah, there's some big marathons back in the day, really big ones. There really were. But, I mean, sales kept coming in. People would stick around. And, you know, after all of the slides, after all of the – awesome presentation stuff that we did all of this we got through all the points and at the end we're going through all the points again and again and coming at different angles with different questions and people would stay i mean and they would stay and stay the number didn't really go down very much throughout the whole end of the webinar and people i don't know how much the beginning of the webinar had to do with their buying decision um next to them sitting around and hearing people kind of be more relaxed. We're not in presentation mode anymore, and we're just talking. And how much of their buying decision late in the game like that had to do with, I like these guys. I can trust, you know, in the beginning, you can be too formal. You can be too presenty. And um, people are like, well, I've heard this before, and I've also bought things before that I didn't like based on what these guys are sounding like. So I'm not going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and I'm going to wait. And if that thing at the end didn't happen, all that crazy engagement, those guys would have left and never bought. 
But I am convinced that a lot of people bought in the situation at the end of the webinar where people are asking questions, we get to relax, ah, oh, we did it, we got you know through all the material and it sounded really good and everything. And, uh, and then our tone would change too and just be more calm and relaxed. Well, we're just friends here, you know, that's all. We're, yeah. we're all good friends now. <laughs> and it, I watched as sales came in during those really long endings, those long engagement periods, and um, I was, I'm convinced that it was because of that engagement at the end more than anything else. Couldn't agree more, Jack. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned earlier was the um, that that not everybody can see the comments, and one that can get around them is to read them out loud, and then you know that way you create more of that uh, community and people hear it. And you were talking about your evangelists, and if you read the, then they you you help them to evangelize evangelize everybody else. Yeah, yeah, very very good point. And these are all little habits that you got to have in your head, right? I mean, you got to know about this stuff. And I'm sure lots and lots of our listeners have been on webinars, if not given webinars, where you've used some or even all of these tactics, but you've at least witnessed somebody at this point, you know, by this point, that has, has done a lot or all of this stuff. And if you're going to do a webinar, how, how much do you prepare? I mean, you probably don't prepare as much as you used to because you're, you're a pro now. But how much do you recommend people remind themselves? Or maybe do you have a, a cheat sheet for all the little reminders uh, that you might have done over the years of all the things that you should be doing and thinking about during a webinar rather than just next slide and keep talking? I actually have a product coming up called Profit with Webinars, and one of the ways it's going to start is with a free a free what that I call planning worksheet. Focus so much on what you do during the webinar, but the planning you make about you know how what how much do you have to prepare, and you're right I don't prepare as much, but if you want to promote it properly and you want it to be a success, you still need to have a promotional timeline, and there are lots of things if you want to have uh, affiliates, you need to get them in advance. So there really is a lot of planning. Now for someone who's let's say never even somebody who has done. A, a webinar. Now I kind of know how to pace it. Because remember, when you give a webinar, you tell people it's going to be. And one of the things that people do, which is a real big, is they never practice it out loud in advance. And they have no clue how long it's going to take for them to give that material out. And so it's too, it's too, too long, whatever it is. So one of the big things you want to do is actually give you webinar self just by yourself and then listen to it. Not only will you know to adjust the amount of content you have, but listening to it as an audience is a very powerful technique for improving it. You'll hear what doesn't sound good and you hear and you hear and the you knows and the so's, which I do also. <laughs> but you also hear where it doesn't make sense and you hear where it's not persuasive and you think, Oh, I should have said this. So that taking that time to actually practice it and then listen to it, time it, and then make adjustments based on what you hear is a really important thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think just being prepared, like having a list of, of the things we're talking about today. Uh, hopefully you're, you're writing down all these little things, and that would be a great thing to keep next to you 
uh, as you're prepping and marketing and everything else, getting your slides ready, that you're always seeing that out of the corner of your eye. So you're prepared on the webinar. Subconsciously, you've got all those little things that you know to pull out. And you don't have to be freaky. I know a lot of people <laughs> really get anal about a lot of this stuff. And then, and then that can easily ruin a webinar or uh, other presentations because you're, you're trying too hard. You have to be relaxed about it. And my technique that I would recommend <laughs> is just have a list of things right there on a, on a sheet and just let that soak in over a little bit of time and don't do any more than that. Don't try to plan too much. I mean, how many people have you worked with over the years that have heard what you've, you've been saying and then go super, super anal retentive with it and, go and, and then suck all the life out of their presentation? Does that happen for you a lot? Well, I, I mean, it's certainly happy if people uh, implemented what I said a, a lot more. You know, we all know the the thing where people take courses and then don't put it into effect. Right, right. Are you still there? Did we we didn't lose you again, did we? No, oh, I'm still here. I can hear you. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, your phone sound it's I don't know what the this thing is, but uh you're in and out a little bit. And I hope everybody still stays because it's good stuff here. So, yeah, I was just talking about the people who overthink their their situation so much that they're too self-aware and that just makes you trip that just makes you um fail at what you want to do because you're too you're not in the mode I, i'm trying to find the words for for overthinking um your situation and over preparation is there any such thing in your world as over preparation <laughs> um if if it makes you nervous and, and and tense and not relaxed, then yes, there is, and and I think you there's a, there's a kind of perfectionism that sometimes stops people from doing things. So yes, I I, I agree with that, and I like to actually uh, start with a script and then write out what I'm going to say and you know, look at that and then you create the slides and then you have the script when during with you during the webinar and what if you've practiced it. A, couple of times, you don't really have to go exactly by the script, but it's there for you. And some of the things that you were talking about, like asking a question and, and you know, chatting with people, you can put that into your script. So, you know, I'm going to ask people this question. And so you just have it there, and then it just makes it so easy and comfortable to work with. You don't have to remember stuff. And like you said, you write, you write these, these things down, and that allows you to relax. And, and I think you're so right that chatting with you know, when you give a, a live presentation, one of the techniques is to stand at the door as people come in and talk to people. And before it starts, you know, say hello. And, 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 and you can do that same thing virtually. For example, if you get on, which you should in a webinar, for the previous 10 minutes, some people come on earlier, you can ask them where they're from and the, all that kind of stuff. So you, you create a, a community even before you start. Yeah. Yeah, you as a speaker need that just as much as the audience needs that. They they need it because they need to know that you're a real, genuine, sincere, down-to-earth type person. Just you know, you have a lot of qualities that are just like them. You're human and all of that. But you need to, like you said, those those techniques actually help you to understand that that's who you're talking to too. It's no big deal. It takes your it takes your energy down to a level that's manageable. So that when you get on, you don't talk too fast, you don't, you know, stutter and 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 all that stuff like I'm doing now. So 
that's really good. You got to know your audience. You're doing, and they got to know you. You're doing fine, Jack. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess one another thing I wanted to mention is the concept of you're doing now, but for webinars. So a weekly webinar series, a weekly interview series or something like that. So like you have with this podcast, over time, people sign up for it and they become fans of it and they listen week after week and they get valuable knowledge from it. So I have something called Star Power Half Hour, which is a half hour guest series. We should have you on. And and people sign up for it and they come back week after week. And if they don't listen to it live, they have a recording of it. And in fact, it's really funny because when I... I sometimes wonder how many people listen to the recording, so I go look at my Google Analytics, and you know, on that page, it tells you the the average time that people are spending on on a page. And you know, most pages, it's you know, a few seconds or maybe a few minutes or whatever it is. But on that page where there's the recording, the the average time on the page is 22 minutes which is astounding yeah. for a page, but it means people are listening to the to the recording pretty much. You know, the recordings are about a half an hour. So that that's pretty powerful. And, yeah. and so people it's really good for SEO great, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's great it's great for this this whole technique of having a weekly series is great for growing your list because the speakers promote themselves. So I, just like I per me speaking on this podcast, my speakers promote them being on my series and so they bring them to register and that grows my list. So it's a very powerful building technique to have a regular series. Yeah. There's so much that happens. I mean, uh, you know, some of the things that you're talking about, I'm going to uh, absolutely steal and parlay into support for, um, you know, our ongoing education and what how that will look and how you guys should picture how your stuff is it's not to show up on uh, a radio show, a podcast, or a webinar. That's just the tip of the iceberg because we live in an on-demand world now, and people don't come live to stuff uh, like crazy like they used to because they were afraid we might not release the recording or something like that. I don't know, but people used to um, bend their lives around our schedule. If we say we have a webinar on Thursday night at 7, and people typically have who have something to do every week at that time or they're not going to be around. In the old days, they would bend that around so they could be on the webinar. And now everything gets repurposed and everything's on demand. And we as marketers make sure that our stuff is really, really accessible. The audience for this show hasn't even arrived yet. This show is listened to like crazy later tomorrow, this evening, and for months and months and months and years to come. People will pick through our archives and go look for everybody's stuff. But we also make sure that we repurpose everything that we do and put our speakers into a long chain of evergreen content in different ways. And the techniques and the strategy that you're talking about today are so important. Uh, for example, our Leverage Black Book that's coming up, we have a resources page that we refer to within the book several times for different things we, we can't put in a book that have to be uh, on the web uh, so they can listen or download or whatever. And this, of course, would fit perfectly with things that you're talking about uh, because it's one thing to tell people you need to get in front of pre-made audiences 
like on webinars, like on whatever, whatever stage that other people have built and, they have, and they're facing a great big audience that they've gathered. It, we tell people to do that, but I know one of the big questions that will come up, and it's kind of designed so that it will come up, is stuff that you're answering today. And how amazing is that, that you get to, you're coming on and you, you, know, uh, you get to be put into more of an evergreen stream because that's a big giant promotion that's getting ready to happen and it will be for the rest of 2016. So you didn't just show up on a show today. I want everybody to realize that there's, there's ways, if, if, if your show that you show up on um, doesn't do this kind of stuff, uh, give them the idea. Say, hey, uh, where, where do you put all of this stuff? Where are the archives? What, where does this go after this? And sometimes you can be on a show where people have built a great big audience but never assume they know every single trick in the book just because they have a bigger audience than you or they've been doing a show for a long time. A lot of times people will miss you know, using the content that you're helping them produce over time. And what a shame, right? Because everybody wants Absolutely. stuff on demand, and all the people that have the potential of hearing you have not yet heard you. So you want this thing that you create, co-create with people when you're going around to really have legs and to go as far and wide as it possibly can. So let's talk about some, you know, just some of the ways that you know, I use, for example. So that series that I've been talking about, Star Power Half Hour, which is at changetheworldmarketing.com, it's free and people sign up. But if they want, they can pay $47 for a year. And then they, that's a repeating thing. So then they basically get it forever that way. So that's one way that they can get access to this amazing library of content forever that they can always go back to. And then in, in the notes that I have for speakers, I tell them that I might package these things into a product so I can do that as well. Uh, one of the things that makes it a little easier for me is that if I, I do these things live, but if I can't do something live that week because I'm traveling or whatever, then uh, I can just pick up a recording and, and replay it, and I'll speak to the person and make sure the offer is still you know, good, and so we can repeat them. So that's one thing. And I'll tell you another funny thing that you can do with webinars that most people don't uh, realize. So what do you think? Number one, you can take webinars and, pa and package them into a product. You can take do four webinars and, and package package it into a product that's you know, ninety seven or hundred and ninety seven or or even more. So that's a, a really easy way to create these recordings and, and, and do that. But another thing you can do is to turn a webinar into ebook. So and it's a really easy thing to do. It's a kind of funny process. So if you start with a script, you have it in, in Word, let's say, and then you create the slides. So I I give this to my VA, and she has a. I gave her a template, an ebook template. So she takes the script, works it into the template, you know, it turns headings turn into chapters and things like that. And then she looks at the recording and sees when I use which slides, or else I just my I script my half the slides on it. And so she exports the slides as images and puts them into the ebook. <laughs> and you just add a table of contents and a cover, and you have this ebook, and it's just, just a totally different way of 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 making that knowledgeable. And then you can link in the ebook back to a course or something like that. You know, have it also available as a video, and people want to watch it that way. So there's just so many things that you can do with this knowledge, like you said, to make it evergreen. And of course, you can. There are techniques to actually 
have a webinar be evergreen available so that you can um, people can sign up at a specific time, and then it just plays automatically, and then you can create this machine that just leads people to you know to the offer over and over again. So lots of ways. Well, I'm prepared to give you yet another title in your list of accolades. Are you ready? You're earning a new title today. Okay. Master ahead, leverage. Master okay, leverage. Thank you all. You you I can put that anywhere you want. Honored. That's an official title. It has uh, it has clout. You can get through the airport security scans with that title, and they, they won't <laughs> bother you. This is a big deal. But you are. You really are. You. I mean, it's funny how I can look at somebody like you. I can look at where you've been, what you've done, and and how how many accomplishments you've made and everything. And I can still let my you know subconsciously go. Oh, she's going to talk about webinars. Okay, webinars. And I'll have a little preconceived idea what that might look like. And you came on and talked about some of those things, but you took it so much further. And that's what I love about this show and the kinds of people like you that we attract because you really you really are taking it a lot further and diving deep. So a lot of people, I think, imagine, all right, webinars are one of the arrows in her quiver, and she's got all these other things to do. She's probably super, super busy going wide and not deep. But I get the sense, because of what you've been talking about, that you really get every single ounce of good you possibly can out of every piece of content you create. And that is a mark and a sign of a leveragist. So that you don't have to go flying around you know, doing social media, doing list building, doing all these extra separate things and not really getting anything done, anything in particular done. But you do things and you do it all the way. And that's what I love about guests like you. So congratulations. Take it even further. Well, well, Jack, I'll fly at you everywhere, but thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate it. And I, I just also, just on a, a tiny little detail level of leveraging things like I was talking about kind of the big picture but on a small picture you can leverage your slides so you you know you're going to do a different talk you should certainly steal slides from one presentation and put them into the other so all kinds of of leveraging should be done both in terms of time and in terms of of packaging things and in terms of repurposing things all of that all of that is, is extremely valuable for you to do less and accomplish more because of all of this that you've been talking about, I get the idea that this is true, but you tell us, do you consider yourself to have what people call a lifestyle business because of the way that you do things? Yeah, I don't usually put it that way, but sometimes I talk about, sometimes I take, I'll take a picture of my computer case. I, I, my husband and I went to Turkey a few years ago, and as we were leaving the hotel, I took a picture, you know, there's my business in that computer case. And I do like to say that I started my business at home when my kids were little. They were two and four at the time, and I needed to stay home with them, so I needed to work at home. And now that they're grown up, they're 27 and they're 29, and I can I can travel. I can use that same business I use to keep me to work at home, and use that same business to travel. So it, it's this ultimate flexibility when you work online, and I live in Fairfield, Iowa. I'm in Florida right now, but we're going to be going back to to Iowa in a couple of weeks. And I live in a tiny town. It's a college town. And I'm four and a half hours from Chicago, four and a half hours from Minneapolis, four and a half hours from Omaha, and four and a half hours from 
St. Louis. In other words, I'm in the middle of nowhere. And so <laughs> basically, you know, traveling is difficult. I'm an hour and a half nearest airport. So working online for all of those reasons made a lot of sense, and it has gotten me a lot of freedom. So, yes. Awesome. Well, what would you like to close with today? We're just about out of time. I want to make sure everybody knows where to uh, become part of your sphere of influence, but also any closing uh, advice or remarks from you would be awesome. So I would like to invite people to go to changetheworldmarketing.com slash get started because I want you to get started with all of this. <laughs> and one of, the, one of the things that you'll get when you register there is a – there's, you'll get four videos and a guide, but one of those videos is called Profit with Webinars. And it has some very specific techniques in it for preparing for your webinar, planning for it, the whole arc of that, of that project, and also your actual script during the webinar, that arc of the, of the script that you use to give out, to prepare people, to give people free information and move into your offer, that, that whole well. And so definitely do that. And I want people to realize that when you can reach so many people like you can with webinars, you really do have the potential to change the world. That's why my my website is called Change the World Marketing. You have the potential to change the world, to reach people from countries all over the world. I got I have gotten emails from South Sudan in the past few months, from Sudan and from Syria, and I it's South Sudan is the newest country in the world, but amazing that people, I can reach people in these places. And so you can reach people, you can help people, but you can also expand your business at the same time using this powerful technique of speaking with webinars. Awesome. Ellen, just really awesome, great day. You are, you are really cool. And you're definitely going into our stream for sure. So expect traffic for time in memoriam from us just as a thank you for being on the show and we'd love to have you back someday as well okay i'd love to come back thank you very much it was a lot of fun all right gina back to you great job jack thank you so much ellen what an awesome show i definitely concur master leverages all the way ellen We'll be back next week, same time, same place, for another episode of Traffic Masters. Have a great week, everybody. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters. From traffic to conversion to business success.